0: Hello, and welcome to Table Talk Friday, your weekly dose of D&D hosted by three boys in a bedroom. If you like their style, you can follow them on Instagram, YouTube, and other social media platforms. And now, back to the boys. No,
1: I, I don't know if this is normal. Drew and I talked about it earlier. I don't know if this is normal in the professional world. But I just assumed whenever I knew that we were doing an overnight thing, like when we were getting a hotel, that I would be sharing a room with my coworker, uh, Ninja Eric. Yeah, of I, course. I assumed that we would be sharing a room, right? I, I just figured, you know, our manager who's going along, um, manager Eric, would get his own room, and then me and my coworker would be sharing a room. But when I checked the itinerary, like our rider today, we all have our own rooms at this place. Now, granted the college that we're going to is paying for the hotel rooms. I was just very surprised when I looked at it like I'm going to have my own space. That's weird to me because I I just don't I don't need my own room. <laughs> I feel like it's a waste of like whatever however much money it is per night for two nights for me to have my own room. <laughs> well, I hope you're ready right, because they're paying for the hotel. Your mic is off.
2: Hello, it is me, <laughs> Drew. I'm doing great, by the way. Uh, but I bet you're super excited because since the school is paying for the room, I'm sure they're not actually putting you in a hotel. They're just giving you some dinky freshman dorms. Which would no, be great. no, no, no. We're we're at a hotel. I looked it up. Well, I they got the say address. it's a hotel, but it's really just like a three star. I'm pretty sure.
1: Dorm. I'm pretty sure we booked the hotel and then billed them for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like the idea that's a misleading, uh, misleading. What do you call it, like a post, though? So you think you're booking a hotel room, but it's actually them just tricking you.
1: Well, my boss did call me today uh, sometime this afternoon, like right after I got back. We'll say 4 p.m. Uh, my boss called me at 4 p.m. today, and he was like, hey, I just want to let you know, you know, you're probably going to be there way before me, which is true. He's, he's driving like a big truck that can only go 65, and I'm dri- driving a small car that can go much faster. And he was like, yeah, you're going to get there way before me. So I was talking to the hotel, and... You may have to put your card on file until I get there. It will It shouldn't be charged. It should be good, but because you're checking in, they have to have like a card on file when they do. When you do, so you might have to use yours. And I was like, all right. And I was like, why? It could have been a text message. That's all I'm saying. This couldn't have been an email. <laughs> why did you call me? <laughs>
2: you getting those uh, credit points though?
1: I, I mean, I won't get credit points if they don't charge me. And if they charge me, I'm going to have
0: to get refunded anyways. But that 3% cash back, though. No, 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 <laughs> no. You see, it's a phone call so that you don't have the receipts. So then after the stay, when you get charged, you say, Hey, boss, you said that, that it was going to be on your card. And then he says, I never said that. <gasps> and that's how he gets you.
1: Well, this is my first work trip at this job. And I am happy to say that, one, I'm not driving the truck. Two, uh, he told me, he was like, hey, collect the receipts on your way out. Like, uh, make sure if you buy food, if you buy gas, you keep the receipt and then you give it to me at the end. So that way the gym pays for it. And I was like, yes, I'm paying for nothing. I will buy
0: so much while I'm there. $300 of food in one day. It's what I need. I'm a big boy. (laughs) I think the hotel room sounds
2: really cool, all the food you're going to try for free sounds super cool, but the idea of driving anything through city traffic is terrifying.
1: Well, and this is the thing, I have had many conversations about that, you you guys already know, when I go places, one, I usually go by myself, and two... I enjoy speaking to strangers. I really like meeting random people, talking to them, getting their phone numbers, and never texting them again, mm. because I, I still have the phone numbers of my players from the convention I went to a few weeks ago, and have I talked to them at all? Absolutely not. I hope they're listening, though, because I, I, did, I did give them the podcast link. Um,
0: well, then they should uh, reach out to you first at TabletalkFriday at gmail.com. Yeah, <laughs> with a question. Yeah, exactly. Comment or concern. Uh huh. And, and then the, uh, the relationship can proceed.
1: Right. Yes. Um, regardless of whether the players reach out to me or not, or I reach out to them. Um my my boss and everyone else finds this behavior weird <laughs> because I've mentioned it many times and I'm like, Yeah, I just, you know, talk to people and I make friends and you know, like if the and I, I just go out for drinks with strangers, it's fun. <laughs> and
0: That's how you get murdered, Seth. Why if, would they murder me? If you were <laughs> if you were pretty <laughs> Then you'd have to look out. But no it's it's the biceps they
1: they they're intimidated,
0: yeah, yeah, thats you can't
1: true. murder a man with biceps, No, I feel like you can though <laughs> so I mean, and that that's what I'm saying. Everyone finds this behavior weird, and for me, it's just completely normal when I go anywhere, I just make friends, and um i'm I'm just scared that I'm gonna go, you know that I'm like excited to be out of the apartment for a bit, out of the gym for a bit, doing something different, and I'm gonna get there, and they're just gonna wanna stay in the hotel room. Well, that's fine for them. I refuse. Like I I veto this decision and whether they like it or not, they're coming with me.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to take two others to their untimely demise at a at a bar with some strange stranger. Well,
1: we can't go to a bar unless we just get food because coworker Eric, Ninja Eric, is not 21. He's coming on this trip, but I think he's 19 or 20. Ah. So, you know, he's under the legal drinking age. Sadly. Beans. I know.
2: I'd say okay. Crack a root beer with the boys. Have some chicken tendies. You know, <laughs> some little tendies go. for the table. Tendy, tendies for the boys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but tendies are not what we're talking about today. Welcome to this episode of Table Talk Friday, where our subject is going to be forming the perfect D&D group. Boys, we've had the... I mean, our perfect D&D group for years now. We've talked about it many times on the podcast, but never like directly as a subject, like a topic for an episode. So first of all, how are you guys doing?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. This is me, Zach. <laughs> uh, I'm doing my deep voice today. so uh, <laughs> I have no clue so what's going on. So I hope you're prepared for that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Feeling great on my end with my typical voice. No, uh, no crazy shenanigans on my end. Yeah, I mean, this is Depressed Seth, and
0: I'm really sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> i i don't think you're gonna fool them th- with all the lead-up that we just had y- your amazing story about right about yeah. talking to strangers and yes stuff. of course
1: so um honestly we our D D group is pretty crazy it's pretty great but uh we've had our ups and downs since beginning the group and i'd say that at, at in the beginning it was not all you know rainbows and sparkles but first of all we formed uh, because we all went to the same college together. We, we had that sort of like niche community that we were a part of, that friend group, and um, we were introduced into D&D by a third party, someone who was like part of the friend group but was not before D&D. Uh, this third-party DM, who uh, has been known as Lanky Eric on the podcast, uh, is kind of what got me and Zach into D&D and then further and further led us to getting more of our friends into D&D. Past that... Um, was the moments where, as I said, I like to talk to strangers. I started to form my own d group because I was interested in DMing. Um, I went around the cafeteria, formed a little d and group, and ran an 11-session campaign for them. So much fun, had a great time. And from there, there was enough interest in our friend group uh, past this with everybody else that we ended up doing another campaign our junior year of college, which ended up forming the group that we have now, plus or minus a few individuals along the way. What are your guys' thoughts on the actual
0: formation of our group? Well, uh, you know, I I know you didn't intend this going in, but you do have to be okay. I think, uh, uh, unless just your, you know, your closest friends and family are all just exactly like you are, and they all, you know, are interested in playing D anD. d And they all, you know, it it, it vibes with them perfectly. You have to be willing to talk to strangers. uh, is is what I'm getting at. Yeah, Uh, because. There is the possibility that you know uh, you and your your lifelong you know best friend you both play D anD maybe it's just not for them and that happens uh, for for some people so you can't uh, only rely on just your close friends you have to be willing to you know meet people and make new friends which is what we did I think you know Seth you could uh, agree that w- we were acquaintances we were roommates um, but. We wouldn't be sitting here today if we weren't playing D and D. No,
1: absolutely not. The only other community activity we had together before that was playing Dragon Ball Fighters. <laughs> uh, we played that for a good like couple of days in a row, uh, to the point where when we started, I was better, and then by the end of it, Zach was better. Um, uh huh. Gohan main. Oh, Teen Gohan, please. Like, <laughs> I love Teen Gohan. Um, but yeah, overall, overall, I'd say that yes forming forming your group you have to be willing to talk to strangers and kind of open yourself up a little bit N- granted like like zach said a lot of times you might be in those groups uh, if you're if you're specifically like gaming with a bunch of guys i played destiny 2 with a lot of guys who were interested in dnd uh and who already knew that i was a dm and i was like the third party that got them into it and i'm pretty sure they still play on the side today which is amazing glad i could get some people into dnd um but yeah unless you know a third party dm like someone, someone on the outside who already has experience in D&D. You've got to be willing to talk to people and you got to be willing to learn.
2: Yeah, so, and I think that can be really scary for a lot of people, especially if you're shy. I've never been a shy type of person. I've always enjoyed uh, interacting with different kinds of people, especially at a, at a D&D table. Like it's fun. Uh, but for those of you that might be a little intimidated by that and branching out and speaking to some new types of people, uh, especially at a table where you're playing make-believe, Keep in mind, you can be absolutely whoever you want to be at that table. You are no longer yourself. You can be any cool, heroic, adventurous fantasy character you could possibly imagine. And chances are, most of the other people at the table are going to think it's really cool. And I think bouncing off that a little bit, every single table, I
1: can't stress it enough, is extremely different. Um, Our Mm -hmm. first group had a DM who was very much looking to tell a story. And uh, still, until today, I think that almost every game we play is based around telling a story. It's not based around the fire emblem, like combat mechanics we're going with. It's not based around like the strategy or like the war and politics, really, unless that's a major part of the story. It is based around the fact that we have a beginning and end here and characters who are involved. And you guys are involved in writing the story as much as I am. Like while I do the couple of hours prep beforehand, uh, when it comes down to what happens at the table, you guys do as much of the work for me as I do.
0: Yeah, and so you have to find people that you not only like to spend time with and, you know, who uh, understand the game the same way that you do and, and you know, your, your style sort of vibe, but you also have to be good collaborators. So you have to say, yes, um, I like this story beat and I'm going to add on to it and I'm going to talk with you outside of the game. And you know have a conversation about our characters and, and what the stories, uh, where the story's going um e- even if you know you're the the player talking to the dm and the dm's not going to tell you you know it, it, too many details about the outside uh, y- you're you know y- you are willing to to speak and uh communicate and have a good time uh you know playing d and d together that's that's sort of the the biggest thing it, it, I don't know of any d and d table that lasts that you would say yes that was my uh, my best D table where you weren't friends with everyone there
2: yeah you know i would have to say collaborating or knowing that you're going to be able to collaborate with someone might be difficult especially if you haven't talked to them a whole lot before so to your point speaking to people is crucial I can't say that everybody at our D&D table I knew super well when I jumped in. I wasn't, you know, best friends with them or anything like that. I didn't know their life stories per se. Um, But the people at at our D&D table, I can work. I I feel confident that I can work better with them than the people I work with every day at my job. You know, it's after years and years of week after week of playing D&D and... Working together through, you know, even if they're fake puzzles and, <laughs> and false combats, you know, um, it's a big deal. And you learn to, to work with these people. Well,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and to that point, um, it is uh, something that you work towards like a, you know, a, an ideal D&D group. It's not, you know, you, you won't sit down necessarily and you, you might click in, in a couple of moments and say, "Ooh, yeah, I'm having fun here. But I'm not going to say that our first couple sessions of Storm Kings, I wasn't like, OK, well, we're still feeling it out. And, and, you know, like it, it, all the pieces, I feel like they may come into place, but they may not. So which
1: uh, I think takes us into a good story of when our D&D group was not perfect. We we had a member at the beginning of our campaign, and this is not us talking down on said member at all. We were and I would say are still friends with this person. So we're not we're not saying this person is a bad person by any means, but we did have a problem player. At the beginning of our our D and D campaign, Zach,
2: cover your ears. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: we had a problem player for a little bit. Um, they were they were a friend of ours who was also just in our friend group and had a history of playing D and D, but they had a couple of quirks here and there that um, did not exactly vibe with the rest of the players. While everyone else at the table would be very in tune with what's happening, um, have have ideas for where their characters going to go and grow from here, they would. Um, consistently sit on their phone, um not really paying attention to what's going on at the table as well as um not really envisioning character growth for themselves. Whenever I would bring in a plot point that would uh tie around their specific character, which I did a lot at the beginning of the campaign, um they would kind of neutral neutral zone and not make a decision. And in 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 moments like those where decisions had to be made, I ended up trying to, like, force my hand a couple of times to where their character decided to leave the party and they made a new character to bring in because they still could not make the decision for, like, the good of the party. Um, And then when new character came in, they were just, like, same character 2.0. And we ended up having a conversation and the player ended up leaving leaving the game. It wasn't a bad conflict by any means. It's not like we weren't friends with them afterwards. It was just like, hey, this you know it's it's not you it's us it's all of us you know we just don't vibe well here
0: right and, and so when you're starting out D, that's a valid conversation to have um and it's a necessary one and we've had it with many players um that we've we've played with over the years and it's never you know fun but ultimately it is a, a healthy thing e- even if you have to say okay well it's not gonna be fair for us to continue this game with everyone else if we have to kick this person, so all right we'll we'll start a new campaign or we'll you know we'll we'll let it sit for a while and and we'll we'll try a new group um that's that's okay, and that's you know growing and and learning and, and you know there are circumstances that uh will come up that won't allow you to play with your favorite uh, group and everyone being there all the time. Uh, That's not realistic. Yeah,
1: and and forming a group is a curated experience. It's not something that, like, we can't tell you, well, you got to find this kind of person, this kind of person, this kind of person, and this kind of person, because everyone's, like, perfect group that they form is going to be different. We just so happen to, like, care about one another enough and, like, have as much fun as we do in D&D, that we will go out of our way to keep this exact same group together for as long as possible.
0: For sure, yeah. Uh, but you will run into to players who, you know, have kids, who have other responsibilities. Which and...
1: none of us are ever going to get married or have kids or anything, so that po- that couldn't possibly get in the way. Well, yeah, I yeah, mean,
0: it, if we do, we'll just, you know, we'll, new party member. Well, they
1: <laughs> we just know what takes priority. <laughs> 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 Sorry, kid, we can't feed you tonight. I gotta play
0: D&D. Well, you've been voted off the island. I'm sorry, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun while it lasted, but now you have offspring. Jesus. Just, just be ready to roll with the
2: punches. Um, I know a handful of people uh, off the top of my head. I can not count them on my right hand right now, and most of them are in the room. Um, that could say they found the perfect party relatively quickly or at all. I know a lot of a lot of players that play D and D in their own groups, and a lot of times they're, you know, they're they're working it out, they're working the kinks, and they're changing people and they're changing campaigns, and and that's okay. Just be ready to roll with it and collaborate with people when the time comes. And one one crazy thing was
1: back when we were doing Storm Kings, uh, Zach was still playing in a couple other like little games here and there with our with our like second friend group who were playing D and D, and at the time. I, as like the DM of our game was like, I got to make sure I'm doing a really good job or like Zach might not want to come to my games as much anymore. Like I, (laughs) I had a little bit of like DM jealousy going on where I was like, no, my game's the one that matters. And, uh, more than anything, I was so relieved to find out that like every time Zach would come back from a session, he'd be like, this crazy, like, stupid
0: thing I hated happened today, and I'd be like, <laughs> Yes, he's yeah. having a bad time. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Uh, and, and at the same time, I was, um, I just started running Curse of Strahd as well. Um, and so I will, I will admit, I did have just a little bit of like DM competition. I was like, Well, my session's got to be as good as Seth's session. Was. <laughs> that was a really good session, yeah. No,
1: it, it was a lot of fun, and I. Curse of Strahd! Like having Curse of Strahd and Storm King's going on at the same time was so much fun. I actually never thought of Curse of Strahd that way because in my head, uh, like I never thought, like, oh, my session's got to be better than Zach's. Like, I, when when Curse of Strahd was happening, I was just like, this is when I get to be a player. Like, and that's all I was focused on was I get to play Gallandon. This is going to be exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, needless to say, I've been in plenty of uh, campaigns with plenty of people that I don't talk to anymore. Um, no, no burned bridges, just, you know, we didn't click, but, uh, you'll, you'll find plenty of D&D games where you, you'll realize, you know, halfway through the session, oh, well, this was fun and I will, you know, see this session to its, uh, completion, but I probably won't be coming back for another one. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's okay. Uh, we'll, next story time, maybe I'll, I'll bring up some interesting, uh, adventures that I've been on.
1: Yeah, I've got a couple as well with like groups. I've I've probably had four or five groups outside of our main one that whether it's like during a summer thing or like a job that I was doing at the time who were like, "Yeah, let's play some D&D." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll DM." Like uh, I'll just DM something I've already done before like, "Hey, let's play the beginning of Dragon Heist." Run that a million times. Uh and every single time I it ends up being a thing where I'm like, "Man, that was just a lot on my, on my brain." Did I have fun? I don't really
2: know. You know, I'll, I'll decide tomorrow. <laughs> I think that's a major red flag. If you're playing at the table uh, with all of your friends, hanging out, maybe have some snacks or whatever, and you feel more stressed at the end of the night for some reason, it might be a red flag that uh, you might need to find a new group.
1: Yeah, and well, it, especially though, I want to say that, that that might not, if it's, if it's just beginning, if you're just starting out, it might take some time for that group to come together like that. You might not have like vibing playstyles at the beginning because we had many many sessions of Storm Kings where I would leave being like I can't believe this person did that thing, like they, it, it happened. <laughs> it happened many times where I'd leave and be like, "This is a problem." Like this, is, I I'm so like I'm not happy with how that went. And it didn't mean we didn't have a good group. It's like that I cared so much about the session that one little thing
0: being off was like, oh, that's irking me." Why did Pat spend five hundred gold on a dog? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But like, but. Uh, Bad example because we all love that, but <laughs> yeah, no, we
1: we all thought that was hilarious. Um, but but seriously, mom, moments like that would happen where it would be like, uh, why couldn't they just like do what their character would have done, or like it, it, we're, we're not your character, we don't, we're not gonna make decisions for them like that. And I never get in between someone's decision and their character; I just let them make it. But at the same time, um, I I would leave sessions every now and then with expectations, and then when they're not served, I'm just like. Uh, that was draining, even though we already had our good group together. Now, I haven't left a session like that in probably over a year, maybe probably longer than that. So I think we've kind of, kind of gotten to a point where pretty much every session feels like, ah, good job, like we're done. Like that was fun. Um, but at the same time, it, it is possible that whenever, say, your DM is new or you have players who are going to be asking a lot of questions or haven't figured out their play style exactly or it's someone you don't know as well and you're, you're going to take time to learn who they are and how they play DD, and and they might have some little quirks that annoy you. <coughs> Patrick did do that for quite a long time where he annoyed me a little bit when we played and then I, like, um, once I realized this is still just my friend Patrick, I don't need to be annoyed by this. I get how Patrick's brain works. I've known him for 15 years. Then it became like a more of a like this is
2: endearing. This is fun. Um, and it's it's okay to have those quirks. It's okay to have those, you know, decisions that you don't agree with at the table. That's part of the fun of D&D is dealing with other people at the table. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I think if you get to the end of the session or numerous sessions where you can make the the point where you wish you hadn't played that day I think that, that is the red flag itself. Because I've been stressed <laughs> yeah. a great deal over D&D. I've, I've gone to, to sleep at nights and lost sleep or had a night like, oh, I should have done this or oh, I should have learned this spell or something totally different. But it's it comes down to whether or not you had fun at the end of it.
0: Right, right. A- and I think as a new player, uh, newcomer to d and I was just so excited about a lot of it that I fell into this trap. Uh, and you know, you'll hear people say it online all the time. Um, but I was playing D&D because I wanted to play D&D, but no D&D is better than bad D&D, which, you know, uh, you hear that all the time, but it's true. You'll get so excited about, oh, well, I've never played this race in class before, and my character's gonna have this and this and this, and it's all gonna be about me, 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 but then you show up at the, the table, and then you realize, oh, well... I would be having fun at another table, but I guess this game is dependent on the other people at the table after all. <laughs> so, Well,
1: yeah, and that's why I think we all came under the assumption early on, like, oh, character creation is so much fun. Like, you get all these dreams of what your character can be and who they are, and I would say that I thought that was, like, one of the most fun parts of the game at first. And nowadays, I completely 180 on that and say that, you know, session 45, whenever something crazy is going on with these characters we've been building up for a year, that's, the, that's D&D to me. That's the best part of the game is whenever we actually hit those high points of the campaign. Um, wh- whereas before, I think especially for new players, the character creation, the imagination is is where all the fun is at. Whereas, like, nowadays, the imagination is what's going to happen
0: next session. Well, let me hit you with something that's about to blow your mind. What is those 45 sessions leading up to that great moment with the characters you've been playing for so long, if not character creation. (gasps) That's that's way too many hours of the customization screen. That's all I'm saying.
2: That's me making my character for Elden Ring.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, but you can't specify in the Elden Ring character creator that uh, your character has uh, problems with authority and that uh, they get along really well. Well, No, that's with, just like if a- I'm
1: if I'm role playing my character in the game. You know, like I see a I see a guy with a crown and I go, "I'm so sorry, sir.
2: I'll leave." And I <laughs> turn around and walk
1: out of the castle. Yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> Imagining walking into the room, Seth's playing Skyrim and just role playing with the NPCs. <laughs> I let I pause every time they finish a voice line, and then I and I speak back to them.
0: I <laughs> hate that. No, awful. no, you you just voice act the uh, the lines they give you. They say, uh, "Dude." W- who are you? You've come to Helgen. But there's a dragon attacking Helgen. You say My gosh <laughs> I forget the uh the Skyrim lines, but oh you know what? Oh my gosh.
1: Th- now this this is a great idea for a TikTok series, guys, that we should come out with where like I'm sitting there playing a game, one of you is recording, and I just start talking back to the characters. <laughs> <laughs> Original idea, do it, not steal. Yeah, I
0: talk back to him in
1: character. So I'm, it's like Gallandon plays
0: Skyrim for the first time. <laughs> well, n- you know now now that reminds me of something that I saw. Um, you know, coming back to Dragon Ball Z, of course, the uh, you know Team Four Star they did that where they they would uh, play games on their gaming channel in character.
1: Oh, I've, I've watched a couple of those yeah. videos. They're very funny, like watching Vegeta play like a Dragon Ball game.
0: Yeah, Krillin plays uh, Outlast, I
1: think. Oh my gosh that's oh that's such an i want to go back and watch that i love watching krillin play through a horror game
2: never play a D game where people have names like krillin these are, <laughs> these are awful names
0: <laughs> yeah come well, back like, do Vegeta.
2: Better. no you those know. are made up
0: awful names <laughs> well th- I, there's nothing wrong with those made up made up names versus you know pythe and eknon but the problem with those names is they do come from an anime i i will i will agree with you there drew uh, I would not want to play at a table necessarily where everyone's naming themselves after anime characters. Well, we let
1: Patrick just name his characters after other characters that he knows. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to be Varys because I'm going to try to play like Varys from Game of Thrones. Now, does that ever happen? No, the characters are nothing. His character is nothing like Varys from Game of Thrones. That was the intent when he made them, made his character, but he's not like that.
0: Yeah, well, and we let Patrick do whatever he wants, and you know the, the important <laughs> the important part is that everyone is there at the session. No,
1: that's that's true. It's just that got me like, yeah. Well, Patrick can do whatever he wants because <laughs> that's totally him.
0: Yeah, I mean, you try and argue with Patrick, you you cannot. <laughs> no, no, it's
1: impossible. No, he'll. Uh, I've learned.
0: Yeah, but he'll somehow come out on top every time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Even when you thought, no, Patrick, you stupid idiot. That's not (laughs) how the game works. And, and, you know, he never dies. He never dies. Seth drew a
1: map down on the table and pointed something out to you. Does that mean there's a monster there? Question mark? I wonder. Dalith goes over to look over the cliff's edge. (laughs) Oh, he does, in fact. Roll stealth, Dalith. That's a one, Seth. Oh, I see. Three Wyvern's
0: come up over the side <laughs> of the cave.
1: You're surprised. You're so su- they all attack at once. Oh well, I'm gonna misty step away and then they all just fall down on top of you, killing you. Yeah, but you know, he is he's never had a character death, right? In in a campaign.
0: Did he die from the wyverns, or did no, he just he drop got, to zero? No, he got he dropped
2: to zero. Okay, he should have died from the wyverns. Well, th-
0: <laughs> I was forgetting because Morwin had Revivify, so he I was thinking he might have just revived him instantly, and we forgot about the death. Nah, he got he just got um, brought back up. He
1: didn't
2: get revived. Yeah, yeah. I think the question at that point is, he got you know punctured at the edge of the cliff. How quickly can you get to the bottom of that cliff to cast Revivify? <laughs> That's awful. Just imagine your friend goes to, to scope out like an area, right? And he's like, alright guys, I'm gonna go check this out. He turns around. Nope, nothing over here. As three wyvern tail <laughs> right behind him, stabbing him, and your friend's gone.
0: <laughs> that happens sometimes. Or once. Or just once. Oh, jeez. I could
1: I could imagine it happening though, and then in game, Patrick looking at me like in just like just oh just so surprised that I just murdered his character. What do I do, DM? I mean, like the moment in the Tomb of Horrors when his character died and he thought he was
0: dead. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that was different because you said, big rock fall, uh, you you failed your save, you're dead.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I described it in the way that should sound like that. I was like, yeah. And when the rock finishes rolling over, you just see the two flat bodies of Varys and Paz on the ground. <laughs> <sighs>
0: you I don't motherfucker trust rocks it was so much fun i i, I was legitimately afraid um because I, I this is what i thought happens in the tomb of horrors so i expected <laughs> it um and when it happened i was well i guess that's what happened <laughs> <laughs> you only have yourself to blame patrick
2: does character death build your group do you think it it helps more or do you think it it drives away? I think a witch?
1: character death with meaning builds your group. I think character death for the sake of character death, like oh, the DM one today, is completely toxic.
2: I think that's fair. What about um, what about NPC? Because I often like when I run some of my games, bringing characters together through loss. So a lot of times, you know, you like oh hey guys, check out this really cool NPC you can hang out with for two sessions, and then you know yeah, harsh nag. Don't, you can't bring him up, man. It's too soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you motherfucker. I, I loved Harshnag. I loved having him around and just casting haste on him and saying, go nuts. Or like finding
1: Fogolos on the brink of death. <laughs>
2: oh, my God. I wish I was there for that session. I missed the only session where we saved an actual dragon from a cloud.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, as far as building building your group goes... Guys, we got to bring up the one thing that happens around groups and why most groups fall apart. Scheduling. Why why is scheduling one so damn hard? And then two, um what are the ways that one we know how to solve around scheduling and or and or just like some ways to make your schedule work for everyone?
0: Well, I'll say uh just up front, we are beholden to scheduling just like anyone else is. And um we haven't played d d in three weeks. Yeah, this will be... <laughs> or Well, th- this will so, be the third week. This is the third week and we're playing on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So, th- a third week. And if we miss this session, it's going to be four weeks. But, you, you know, th- so when we, uh, when any of us can't play, uh, we, you know, we do everything that we can to see, all right, well, can we move it? to this day or blah, blah, blah. If that doesn't work, then we, we reschedule the session because we're not going to play without. So. Right.
1: So two weeks ago, I ended up losing my voice, as you guys heard on the podcast episode, and I had to sing in a couple of days for a family event. So I, trying to spare my voice as much as possible, decided to cancel d Then this past week, also my fault because I didn't pay attention to my own schedule and uh, it's been very uh, hectic lately. And when we, we play on Fridays pretty frequently... And uh, that Friday, I ended up having an event that went until 930 and everybody could not stay up late, Uh, which I was willing to come back at 10 p.m. and start DMing right away. But uh, that ended up not working out. So this coming Sunday is our next scheduled session. Hopefully it ends up working out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but but that will happen. So um, just basic tips for scheduling around, uh, you know, people missing figure out what works for your group. Uh, I know that there are plenty of tables that say no, we're not going to miss a session. If you can't be there, that's fine. Uh, your character goes off screen for a little bit. Um, you know, oh, oh, they just got something very important that they had to do. They're and, sick. Yeah. Oh, oh, or they're sick. That, ah, I gotta hang back, but I'll, I'll catch up with you guys. No.
1: Hello. Let me use lay on hands and cure your disease.
0: No, absolutely <laughs> not. I'm I'm super sick. I've got I've got super tetanus.
2: <laughs> I
0: think the important
2: thing to know at this point with scheduling is there's no solution. to to scheduling it's it's always going to be a hassle in one way or the other uh and that sounds sad depressing but keep in mind just blow that group chat up (laughs) make it make it work just with the the theme of the rest of this episode man if you blow my group chat
1: up i'm gonna get so annoyed i'll cancel the session myself
2: (laughs) if we go one more week without playing i'll forget what we're doing I'll forget my character, Seth. No, <laughs> don't you lie to me. Fifty sessions deep, I have to make a new one because I can't remember him.
1: No, I really want to play this week. I've had this session prepped for like literally two, well, going on three weeks
0: at this point. Yeah, crazy stuff, but um, but it's gonna be great, and we're still, you know, on the edge of anticipation, waiting for uh, that next uh, that next bit, which makes it worth it. I think for our group, it works because um, we value each other's presence at the table so much and and you know we, we've we got this uh healthy dynamic yeah we haven't
1: had a single session where someone's missing
0: yeah exactly so that's uh that's our personal uh goal but it doesn't need to work for every table and especially if we've got five players which means six people that need to be at every session that is a large number if our group was any bigger i don't know if we could do it
1: no of course not and given the fact that most of our schedule resolves around one, whenever Sean is working. And then two, we only have time to play one day a week. Like all of our schedules only line up once per week. Like if we, if we try to change the date 90% of the time, we're not able to do it unless there's a holiday around the corner. Someone's got happens to have a night off when they, when they shouldn't have, like it's almost impossible for us to schedule around it. So yeah, making our one day a week uh, work has been important to us. And Ah, uh, we haven't had a stint like this in quite a long time. I think we've most of the time we are very regular, like playing every single week. Um, I do think I'm going to be pretty busy this summer, and that it's going to be like really wild with my scheduling. Hopefully, it ends up timing
0: itself out right most of the time. Hopefully, you know whether it does or not, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but we'll we'll press on anyway. And you know, if we have to miss you know consecutive sessions, then that might be a good time for someone else to say, "Oh, well." I have this one-off that I've been, you know, itching to play. So, Seth, you might miss out on my, my kick-ass one-off, but we're not, uh, you know, playing the, the main story out without uh, all present. Or, you know, I've seen other DMs who will say, okay, well, if everyone can't be here at the session, then we'll still do something related to the campaign, but we'll do, like, a side story. So maybe we'll do some some backstory for, you know, one of the, the major NPCs and you all make characters and then we, um, you know, d- do a session that involves their backstory in some way.
1: So, all in all, um, when creating your perfect D&D group, it's it's tough to say, it's kind of a little bit of tough love, but trial and error is pretty much your only... Um, the only way you can do it. I mean, you can... Com- communication is going to be your um, biggest effort here. If you're in a Discord group with a lot of people and you vibe with a lot of, with uh, a bunch of them, maybe ask them to get together and play a game of D&D, you might come up with some problem players every now and then. And the biggest thing there is to not hold back, not deal with it, and just communicate about it. Many times, I know, I think all three of us have had to talk to players before about problems, right?
0: Yeah, uh, my least favorite part of the hobby. but uh, But yeah.
1: Yeah, and granted, with our current group, we're not going to have to do... I, I do not foresee talking to anybody about a problem in the foreseeable future as long as this group stays together, but it, it happens in the hobby all all the time, having to pull that player aside, having to communicate with them, and that's just something that the DM or um, a veteran player, someone at the table, has to deal with, and uh, it's, it's tough, so keep shooting for it you will find your perfect group eventually but boys do you have any other final thoughts on forming a great D&D group not not necessarily perfect no D&D group is perfect not even ours but forming a good one
0: well yeah uh, other thoughts don't put a time limit on it um, it took us maybe a year and a half two years before we, we fully realized what it was that we had here oh yeah Um, and it, it may take longer and just don't uh, give up necessarily. Like any good relationship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. has to take
2: time to grow. Yeah,
0: Exactly. Yep. Absolutely.
2: Which ties well in the commitments. Don't commit to anything that, that might hurt you later. Don't bog yourself down to Zach's point with time limits. Don't give yourself too many players. Don't say you're going to play three times a week for the next two years. Just start slow. Adjust. Roll with the punches
1: and your group will get there. And with that, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Table Talk Friday, all about forming your perfect D&D group. If you would like to follow us anywhere else, you can follow us on TikTok at Table Talk Friday or on Twitter at Table Talk Friday. We tweet out all the new episodes as well as put up different clips and TikToks um, from... These episodes themselves, usually the funniest parts of the episodes, or something a little more informative if you miss like, little bits, of, uh, bits and pieces of advice there. So please follow us on the social media platforms you can find us. If you would like to send in any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at tabletalkfriday@gmail.com. And with that, perfect player, take us out.
0: Ooh, ooh, me, me, me. I'm the perfect player. I, it's all me, 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 me. Me! me.
2: Uh, thank you for listening to Table Talk Friday. For more information, advice, questions, comments, and concerns, you can email the boys at tabletalkfriday at gmail.com. And if you'd like to uh, tell your own stories, why don't you hit them up there? Send an inquiry or something, a sending spell. Thank you very much for listening, and please follow and come back next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye.